Hello and welcome to the High Wide and Handsome Podcast, episode 25, featuring MDJ, football MDJ from Twitter. Um, great episode, really intelligent woman, and uh, we get on really well, so uh, I hope you enjoy it. This episode's actually very special, and the reason it's very special, some of you I'm sure are already aware, some of you might not be. It is essentially the first main episode, number 25, quarter of the way to 100, that has sponsorship. So I just want to thank Footstock massively for sponsoring the show, and I want to thank all you listeners. Um, without your engagement, without the reviews, without your comments, retweets, shares, everything, just even hitting play once a week, it wouldn't be possible. And there's a lot of new users out there. If you're there, please go and just leave a review if you're on Apple. If you're on Apple, you can do it. It takes literally two minutes, not even 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Scroll to the bottom of the podcast's homepage and hit five stars, submit, done. Um, again, thanks for all the questions. I'm having a real hard time getting through them all. It's just not going to happen from here on out. Um, but I address that in the podcast. And yeah, go and give Footstock a go. It's a combination of car trading and daily fantasy football. Every day that a Premiership team plays, there will be a fantasy football tournament, and there's normally always a free roll. Uh, you buy Premier League player cards and use them to enter fantasy football tournaments. New sign-ups currently get five free player cards and a fiver cash balance to get you started with no deposit required, which is quite, quite cool. Uh, throughout December, they run the 15% net buys bonus, and you can get up to 500 quid back if you buy enough, obviously. There's a season-long 10 grand free roll tournament with the winner guaranteed £5,000, which can be entered throughout the Premier League season. Get involved today at the link in my description. Uh, obviously, it's great if you use that link because I'm an affiliate and I get something back. And why not just use that link to, to sign up? And yeah, so it's a really exciting time for the podcast. This really does add legitimacy. Um, it is the longevity of it. It's obviously going to motivate me to put more work in, to stick at it. Uh, thanks for the recognition and... Yeah, some people did express concern that it would become a footstock podcast. It's not. It's a football index podcast. Nothing has changed going forward other than that 30, 40 seconds at the start of the episode. So that's the way it's going to be from going on, uh, from going forward. But yeah, no, I do genuinely love the product and I use it so it's chuffed whenever they reached out to me because it's always nice to be to be repping something that you actually enjoy. Um, but look... Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Have a great week. And it's starting to get towards Christmas. So that Christmas special is just around the corner where I'm going to get Langer's a few cans with the frog and our the latest guy who's confirmed for it. We've had a bit of trouble. Kuitang Clan. So I'm really looking forward to that Christmas special and I hope you are too. We're going to just drink a big bag of cans and talk about Football Index. But anyway, have a great week. Welcome to MDJ, Football MDJ. How are you, Mel? I am not too bad, not not too hungover. <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little hungover, that's the caveat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. I, I'm tired and you're hungover, so this is going to be a really, really exciting podcast, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> we're recording on a Saturday morning at about half nine, because there was no other time. Uh, tell me this, I'm actually like, as I said in my last podcast, I'm recording this in my bed, right? Because if like the leg up ice in the leg everything's around me it's great actually it's a perfect comfortable setup my little dog is with me (laughs) because if i put him outside he'd sit and moan and make noise and jump at the door and stuff so if you hear him like 
licking himself or something really gross. I'm sorry, lads, it isn't dog, it's not me. <laughs> He's the dog, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought I'd clarify that. Um, but anyway, look, <laughs> Mel, tell us a bit about uh, your football index journey to this point. I don't know if you have any milestones. You can drop figures if you want. There's no pressure or um, just anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, well, well, firstly, I just want to say thanks for having me on, John. And I want to say a sort of well done to you as well for getting sponsorship for this now. Um, I think that's a big milestone for you. And I think it's really good for the community to have two really good pods going. So I want to, I want to say well done for that. Thank um, you very much. In terms of me, I've been on uh, FI since August 2017. So fairly early on, but I managed to miss some of the kind of crazy stuff right at the beginning of the product. Um, But I joined just as PB was coming in. But while uh, there were still things like the Friday IPOs um, at one o'clock where everybody had to go and lock themselves in the loo to see if they could jump on a bargain. (laughs) Um, And it was it was all a bit it was still a bit of a, a strange platform to get your head around then, I think. And it was all very media, media heavy at the time. Um, and I think I think I saw it on Facebook. I think it popped up as one of those suggestions and I clicked through because it looked because I was really into FPL and I'd been doing some match betting. So I thought this might be something to have a look at as well. And I just threw I think I threw about 50 quid in to start with. And it seemed it seemed fun and it seemed like a way to make a bit of money. So I just gradually built it up from there. And um, the the most recent milestone for me was I've made 15 grand profit i'm playing with pure profit now which is great jeez um well done and for me that's a huge amount of money because i i don't you know i've got a decent wage but i'm not sitting on a load of cash or anything so it's it's good and it means i've been able to pay for things holidays bits for the house um i I don't think i'm on 15 grand profit right now i think it's rolled back a little bit in the last three weeks or so um (laughs) but it's comfortable it's comfortable it's going well that's brilliant. Well done. I got prevent profit free. It's one of those. It's kind of a psychological thing. Um, would you do you think you go more risky now that it's all profit, or do you treat it exactly the same? Oh yeah, I think it has an impact. I don't think I trade exactly the same. I think I think I've been able to be a bit more flexible because I know that you know at the end of the day everything's a bonus from this point. And part of the reason why I've I've been able to hit that profit figure so early actually for me I think is because I was one of the lucky winners of the World Cup sweepstake that they did. And that was what really ramped up my involvement in the platform. Um, How much was this? It was five grand. It was legitimately one of the best and also most weirdest days I've ever had when I got that phone (laughs) call. But, you know, I I think I was invested. I think I'd probably put about three grand in by that point. And when I saw the sweepstake come up, I thought, firstly, I thought there's hardly anybody playing FI. So the odds are fairly good anyway. So I could I should give it a good crack. But then also, I don't know if you were on the platform at the time, John, but the way they put the sweepstake out, nobody understood the rules because <laughs> it was just kind <laughs> of classic FI where no one could figure out when you needed to buy in to actually go for the prize. So I thought if I can understand the rules, I've probably got a fairly good chance of winning a prize. So yeah, I just, yeah. I was just religious about it. And I can remember it was, uh, it was Kevin De Bruyne that won me the prize in the end. And when I got the call, it was just absolutely over the moon. It was just brilliant. So, yeah, they amazing. do give their prizes out genuinely to real traders and uh, not just the Football Index Twitter police. <laughs> we, have a, we have a few questions about the giveaway that they've announced for Christmas. But mm. 
I'd say a, 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 a negative comment a lot of people have about giveaways is that it only benefits the select few traders and it doesn't benefit the platform and it's not good for the longevity. It's just an, like an, an impulsy type thing. These are, this is just things you hear. Mm. Um, but you winning that is unreal. And I just want to say fair play to you. You do a lot for beginners on Twitter and stuff. I see you posting under people's posts who look, look for help all the time mm. and recruiting them onto the platform. So fair play to you. Their five mm. grand was well spent there. Mm. Um, and I that, think, That's amazing. And I think it's... I think... A giveaway, I mean, for us, it looks like big money, but in the context of FI's marketing spend, it's just going to be a drop in the ocean, isn't it? And I think what it can Mm. do, a giveaway, is just create a bit of excitement around the product. And if somebody wins, the potential then for that word of mouth referrals as they tell people, I just want a telly or I just want five grand. So I don't think it's necessarily a poor way way to use their money. Mind you, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, of course you would. Um, what else? Let me see. Have you got an exit strategy? Uh, no. You know what? I was thinking the other day that you, about, you know, up to a few months ago, you used to listen to podcasts and that would be the question that was on every single podcast. What's your exit strategy? And and I've not heard that question so much recently. So maybe that's something about the market maturing and people yeah. feeling more comfortable. I don't know. I think you've always got to have an eye on exiting every player that's in your portfolio but um you know i'm just going to try and run this to the end and you know maybe there will be an end i think we've got to be realistic so we've just got to we've got to make hay while the sun shines yeah and even if the end happens to just be a very mature market where we reach market cap and you actually have to be a really good trader to make money (laughs) um yeah a lot of people i'd say might get bored down that could be the end game for a lot of people but yeah i I don't actually have like an exit strategy i just like to ask people because i want to know if anyone has any that i should be taking on board or thinking (laughs) of because i don't have one i'm just gonna buy players and keep going until shit hits the fan Mm. um that's my idea anyway but look i suppose a big thing i wanted to talk to you about um is your your three funds challenge? Mm. You have a blog, um, footballmdj.blog is where you'll find it. Mm. And basically, in a nutshell, well, look, I'll let you explain it. I could sit and try and explain it and butcher it. Do you want to tell people what you've done? Yeah, well, I started this blog in um, in the summer. I think it was the beginning of June, and it was because I just had this sudden realization that I wasn't really journaling my trades very well and I wasn't very flexible in the way that I was trading and it was a time when everything was all about youth at that point in the market everybody was piling into youth and I was really a kind of well if they've not got the potential to win PB in the next couple of weeks I'm not interested and I thought well this is just ridiculous I'm just being really rigid so I thought if I forced myself to openly post my trades and also to openly you know, change my portfolio structure and split it between the the kind of youth market, the the premium end players, and the the ones who are in with a chance of PB. Then it would it would make me look at things differently. So really, I did it as a tool for myself to try and change my thinking. Um, yeah. But and then I've continued to post it. You know, once it's out there, you've kind of you've got to keep going. So it means I can't stop it now. <laughs> it's got a life of its own. <laughs> Very good. And do you have a th- well? There's a load of questions about it as well. But I'm going to go in on it a bit, and then if the questions overlap, we'll just not ask mm. them. What like have you have you an end game for this sort of uh, the challenge or the experiment or yeah like do you have 
Do you have a date? Yeah, I can't do this forever because it's a bit knackering. So I think I'll, I'm aiming for the end of the season, partly because that's obviously a logical point, but also because my missus wants a new bathroom in May. So I've got to pull some money out to do that. Um, so that's the plan. I'm going to try and keep it going until May. And I don't, you know, like I said, I'm I'm playing with profit. So I probably make decisions that aren't the best decision financially. I can see a logic to having stopped this probably about a month ago, but I'm going to try yeah. and keep it going because it does it does force me to really think about my trades. Yeah, you'd learn a lot about the market. And t- do you have um do you have like a set pot for it and then you've your the rest of your portfolio separate? No, it's, but it it's my portfolio? whole thing. It's the whole portfolio. Yeah. Um, and I started by splitting exactly three ways, 10 grand, three ways. Um, but some parts of the market have grown considerably quicker than others. So um, it's not equally split now, but it's still based on that that three-way split. And have you got like an absolute monster loss on any of the, the youth players, say? or? Um, I did have some that were just a bit crap so I did I've done a bit of tidying up from time to time I think it's difficult with with youth with those that are either you know under under 20 ones that are in non-pb leagues I think you have to have a little bit of patience because it isn't about making a profit right now and you don't really know when they're going to catch fire so that's quite hard um but if anything, I think it's the premium end players that are just the biggest drag at the moment, and they've been horrendous for months. And if I wasn't, if I wasn't doing this this three funds challenge, I would have. I think I would have sacked them off by now. To be honest, yeah, they're just frustrating me. What have you found? Like, which which is the best, or like which has performed the best recently? PB by far. It's yeah. all about yeah. the performance side of things. Um. So that mid market kind of two to four quid kind of job. Um, so I've got my wife dancing behind me. If you can hear a funny noise, um, <laughs> you've got your wife dancing like a dog licking his hole. Um, yeah. What was the question? Performance. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> you were saying that uh, the performance guys had like outperformed the other two in the last month or two. Um, yeah, I mean, I was asking FI yeah. just completely changed the market, didn't they? When they dropped the dividend increase, um, but also I think that was changing anyway because you know there's a clear trend that when there's no football, people want to speculate. They want to. They want to invest in the the players who might end up coming to a PB league or are young and going to break through into the team. But once once the football hits, people are drawn much more to the dividends. So it's I think the other thing is it's really helping me to understand those trends. And I know they're they're pretty obvious, but when you've got the money at stake, then you really notice it a bit more. Yeah, I think like the the trend of of all the trends that I've ever nailed. Right, I've only been on since January. I haven't even seen uh, like December yet. Um, so after this, I'll have been on a year and yeah. I'm looking forward to that because I was a bit unsure of what to expect about January transfers. And I tried to kind of guess and get in, I think I kind of got in on a couple of players late October, kind of thinking, look, I'll have them for November. Surely talk will start ramping up then. December will be a let's get January transfer holds. In the meantime, I got a bit of a rise off them. I decided I don't want to play that risky game. Mm. And I, I said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn this year, maybe next year. And I just lumped um, all the money I had in those into like two injury holds and just said, no, nah, I'll leave them mid-January, selling them, bye-bye. Mm. But I think it's 
the trends I was saying the trend that I'd nailed was the only one I think I really got during the year really well was the PB first time around coming on into the new season Mm -hmm. I bought them all sort of like first week in June just after the Champions League and like it, it sickens me to look back on my transaction history and see the price I got like Tony Cruz at or oh I know like even Alejandro Gomez I got for like 75p or like you know and like but Cruz was like if, if I look back in the graph here just look back six months ago and that's when I got him but it, it was it was significantly lower than it is now and same with like literally all of them um yeah. Parejo um I just went into index key and looked up PB scores, looked up the biggest winners, looked at anyone who had like a 15% yield or higher and a th- th- few cracking uh, tools there. But mm. um, I, I thought I'd kind of reach, I thought what would happen is everyone will overhype and buy them coming into the new season mm. and we'll hit the end of August and a few of them will start to tail off. So after their first game or two, I started just selling a few of them off and then they made the announcement. I'm an idiot. <laughs> But um, but this this yeah. is the thing with FI. It's about playing the trends and speculating on the product as much as it is about the actual football. I think if you can nail the trends, then you're probably going to be okay. I mean, eight eight or nine months before that, the bottom was dropping out of all of those players. They're all being sold because they were too old, um, and it wasn't where the focus was. So if you bought them then at a discount and then waited for them to rise, that that's the way you really make a killing. I think. But that's why I think it's quite hard for people joining the platform to understand in the beginning where the value is. And actually, I think it is really difficult to value players because it really depends on where you are in the year and what FI are doing with the product. It's a hard one. Do you know something I'd love to actually do? Uh, I might start doing it, I guess, but maybe it's just a bit stupid. People can let me know if you'd like to hear, if you'd like to see or hear people do this. Let me know. I'd love to see how well people can just value a player in their head do you know with their general football knowledge mm. now a lot of us probably have a fair idea of most of the top 200 an idea where they might lie maybe maybe 50 percent of that you might know even 25 percent of the top 200's rough prices mm. i doubt anyone holds much more than that but do you know if i was to say to you what prices i don't even think he's top 200 what price do you, what would you put ivan rakitic at do you know like yeah oh could God. you him Ooh, you know? 95p? I don't know. 95? I have no idea. I would probably stick him. <gasps> I'm going to about... check that now. I'd stick him at 82. Because I know Luis Suarez is up around a quid. I haven't seen Rakitic perform for PB in recent memory. And Suarez scores goals and in the same team. I know their midfielders forwards is a bit different, but. Yeah, you're I'm way gonna... closer than I am. <laughs> He's probably even in the 60s or something, is he? 72. 72. Yeah. Wow. Do you know? It's a tough thing to do, isn't it? When people always say, how do you value a player? There's so many moving parts. Yeah, and it's ha- and how you value a player if you're intending to hold them for three weeks would be very different to how you value a player if you're intending to hold them right up to the Euros. So mm. oh, I think it's hard. It's not right, a perfect we'll do one science. We'll, we'll do one more. Guys joining at home. Jamie Ward-Prowse. Ward-Prowse? Ward-Prowse? Is it Jamie or is it James? James. I don't know. James. 140? 130. 130. 130. I'll go for 129. No, I won't. I won't. Let me see. I'll go for... What do I actually think he's worth? Jesus. Yeah, I might buy him, actually. (laughs) Okay, is he like 105 or something? He's 82p. I think, you know, I think in terms of players that have got a bit of potential to rise in the, the coming weeks. I think he's right up there. 
Yeah. They're hardly both 82p, are they? Uh, oh no, Rakitic was 72. 82p, wow. A bargain. Yeah. Anyway, look. It's just an interesting thing. You think you can value someone off the top of your nut, but quite often you can't. Anyway, we move on. Um, Steve Fate 83 I think this one's from the forum, said, uh, I, I'm just putting him in now because I was going to ask you this and then I seen he'd asked it. He'll go with the cliche, best trade and worst trade so far. Is there something you regret massively or could always think about? And have you like an absolute golden moment? Um, I think I can remember my best trade. The one that I was most pleased with was William Saliba, the defender who's on his way to Arsenal but hasn't quite made it there yet. And When's he going? I think he's going at the end of the season. End of the season. I think they just wanted him to get a bit more experience. And, you know, Arsenal totally don't need any good defenders at the moment because they're sorted no, at the back. Nailed. God, just absolutely nailed it. Um, <laughs> but I'd, I think I'd more than doubled my money on him. But the reason he sticks in my mind is because I got him right at the lowest point before any of this. And it was purely because I'd seen an article about young players who were getting a lot of minutes. Um, and he was right at the top of... Uh, players in European leagues who were getting more minutes on the pitch, sort of under under twenties. And I thought if you're if you're able to command that amount of pitch time, then you've got something about you. And if other people haven't spotted that yet, then that's potentially a, a good trade to make. So I bought into him and it was only probably three weeks after that that the rumours started to come. And I didn't sell him at his highest point. I think I got out before that, but I was still pleased with that because it felt like that's how you un- uncover some value. So that was yeah. good. That was a good one. I like that. That's uh, good enough for a player. And I, did, did you get out of him eventually? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't tend to hold defenders because they just don't really excite me. <laughs> so I didn't. I didn't want to yeah. hold on to him for too long. But I was pleased with that. In terms of worst trades, probably God. I think. Uh, I think it's I think where I've panicked that's been bad. So I remember losing quite a bit on Mo Salah after an injury because mm. I think there'd been another injury where everybody had dropped the player and the price had fallen through the floor. So I think I, I IS'd him and then he bounced straight back up and I felt like a bit of an idiot. Um yeah. and also at the moment, Callum Hudson Adoy is just a, a brown stain on the portfolio <laughs> and i wish yeah. i'd not bought him really did you is that i seen uh, football index buzz one of the other few females that we know of on football index if you're a female on football index reach out to me i'd love to have more in the podcast finding them's tough mm. there's been requests for an irish fi female user there's got to be one and I, there's got to be one and if you listen please reach out um but yeah, football and next buzz. She asked um, Callum Hudson Odoi buy, sell, or hold or something. I think it was. Yeah. I don't have the question here. Um, what's your thinking? God, I've got no idea. I was so unsure what to do. I did a poll on Twitter, and it the vote finished fifty two percent, forty eight percent, which, as we know, is just a clear <laughs> result on which to base any decision. Um, but it was fifty two percent to keep him. I mean, yeah, he is. It's an interesting one because. When I was building the the three funds, I I asked for people to give some sort of thoughts on who should be in, and his name came up a fair bit. But I was always a bit unsure. But I bought him anyway, and I just wish I'd gone with my gut. I mean, actually, at the moment, I think he looks like value under under four pounds. I think he's just starting to hit form. It's just he's not getting enough time on the pitch, and that makes yeah. you question 
where Lampard sits on that. And there's a lot of competition in that squad at the moment. But I mean, so essentially, if he doesn't play, he's going to agitate to move. And he's had people looking at him before. So I think that at the moment, he's probably a keeper. But where did he, where was he playing? Um, like whenever he came onto the scene and was scoring goals in the Europa League last season? Was he playing in the on the wing? Yeah. Right winger. Yeah, and I think that I think there was a concern about the injury because you don't know how much that's going to impact on his pace and that his pace is a key part of what makes him viable. But he's I think when he's been on the pitch since he's come back, he's looked good. I just don't know. I just don't know where he fits into the Chelsea team. One. And now that they've had the transfer ban lifted as well, I think but look, does that open the door for a transfer to Munich? But I know that would that would affect his value negatively, but there would be dividends. Yeah, it's a really tough one. Thankfully, I don't hold him. What would you do if you had him now? Do you think he's valuable? It would be. It's honestly, it's very hard for me to comment on because he's a player who I've never had in my portfolio, and I, who I don't pay much attention to. But he's what price is he? Three eighty or three ninety or something? Yeah, he's about three eighty, I think there. Three eighty. I just right. think that's still. I think there's value there. Yeah, I mean, if he starts getting the the problem with Chelsea is right, it's the depth and the transfer ban been lifted. If they go and sign a player or two, and then or even play, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a sign or two that were ones that joined them in June, um, as quite often happens in January. Mm. But Loftus Cheek coming back. Yeah, but he'll I, only I, be around for about three weeks before he gets injured again. Let's yeah. be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. I would have expected uh, Lampard to be starting him on the right wing ahead of William, but then William's having a great season. Um, yeah, but he's got to be not, gone soon. He's He won't he won't be around next season. He's got to be yeah. off. But then sure Jaden Sancho will be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I couldn't tell you because I don't. I haven't researched it enough. Um I think it's one of those ones that's if if you have them hold them if you don't have them maybe contemplate not buying I, I don't know mm. I don't know let's ask trading bear he's good <laughs> at this sort of thing um but yeah if I've any thoughts on it I'll let you know and if any listeners have any thoughts let MDJ know yes please um you're gonna get a load of people who have like loads of Callum Hudson and Doy pumping him yeah. now being like hold him he's the best player ever he's been linked to Man United everything. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to traders, what would you give? Beginners, old traders, everyone. Is there one like gem or one thing, and it could be the most simple thing that everyone knows? What's your kind of like Ooh. thing? Um, I think, I think if I was going to give any advice other than the obvious, read the rules and make sure you understand them, I think it would be to get involved with the community, to get advice and support from other traders and I know that's a bit of a double-edged sword because people are always pumping their own holds as well but so much of this product is about sentiment so actually tapping into the community you can get a feel for the players that might be about to catch a rise because it's not always about the performance so I think whether that's through Twitter or Slack um, or the forum I think if you're not part of that then I think you're missing some key information. I couldn't agree more it's something I've been really noticing and trading a lot more based on it in recent month, in the last month or two, maybe, mm. is that, do you know when you're just getting a feeling that, oh, he's been mentioned. Oh, yeah, been mentioned yeah, exactly again. that. Where is he? How, why has his price not moved that much? He's And then you're looking and you're thinking, geez, good fish. And quite often, 
when the sentiment is there, and people always laugh at the word sentiment, but it's true, when the sentiment is there, all it takes is something very small for that player to kick off. Yeah. If the sentiment isn't there, a guy can go and get a game-winning goal and an assist in a match and score 200, just miss out in PB, and nothing will happen. But if people have been harping on about him for weeks and mm. he does it, he's going to go up 10 20%. Mm. Yeah, because there's, there's, you know, what, there's 3,000 players on the platform, give or take. So in order yeah. for someone to really rise they've got to be in your mind they've got to be in other other traders minds as well so you start if you start to see the name flicking up on twitter and then you spot a performance then it's far more likely i think to catch than without yeah yeah no i i I like that piece of advice i like that piece of advice a lot of do you know what piece of piece of advice i've talked about a couple of times recently that i think becomes less relevant the longer you're on the platform diversification Mm. I think it's really important when you're just starting out so you don't get burnt because you're going to inevitably make a million trades that you regret and you kind of need to protect yourself there. But I see when people like, I think once you kind of are on the pod, the platform longer, you can have more confidence in your trades. You'll have learned from your mistakes and you can just go a bit more balls deep on less players. Yeah. That's what I do. I only hold somewhere between 15 and 20 now. And even that's sometimes good. when it's around 20, I, I, I feel like it's too many. That, but, that, I think that does really force you to think about where you want to put your money. Because once, yeah. if you've only got that many, you've got to be quite disciplined with it. And I think that's really hard when you see other people rising or someone catches your eye. It's hard not to buy them unless you're thinking, well, I've got, I've got a ceiling, I've got a limit here. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't get below 30, 35. I think any lower than that, I just can't do it. But I don't want to be above sort of 50 either yeah. i couldn't i couldn't cope the people who've got 200 300 400 players i don't know how they stay on top of it yeah i mean even like having 30 or 40 to me i would be like jeez but like i'm i think it's all about how risk adverse you are and but the other side of it's the enjoyment factor the more players you have the more chance you have someone playing on a given night mm. the more chances you have someone competing for dividends mm. Which is what, which is what gives me enjoyment in the platform. But what doesn't give me that much enjoyment is getting one pound fifty into my account. Mm. So I have to balance that within myself to be like, right, well, for me to get any enjoyment out of this guy winning dividends, I need to have enough of them. So that's why I've condensed down the portfolio to a lesser number. Mm. It's it's that even if we're ta- taking financial side of it out of it altogether, just the enjoyment, like, yeah, and do I get more enjoyment out of competing or out of winning? more dividends it's kind of a balancing act enjoyment's an interesting one because i've seen a few posts about that recently and people saying oh i don't enjoy the platform anymore it's not as enjoyable as it was i think it's interesting what what people find as enjoyable about fi you know is it is it about competing for dividends is it just about seeing the the money rising in your balance is it about being part of a community is it about using your football knowledge and feeling like that's being rewarded i don't know but you've got to have a reason that keeps you coming back. And I think it's got to be more than just the money. You've got to enjoy being on it as well. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, people. some people love money and some people love watching those players' prices rise. And that's great. I love that too. I really do love that. Nothing gets me more than buying an IPO about 2p above IPO price and watching it shoot up. <laughs> that's just like winning the lottery. It's like, do you know what it's like? It's like, you know, in like slot machines, when you hit jackpot, it goes ding, ding, ding. And they start flying around all mm. over the gaff. That's what it's like. But 
what gives me real enjoyment is winning PB and watching the leaderboards and seeing your guy getting a game winning goal or seeing him getting the second goal and then wanting the other team to score one so he gets the game winning. Yeah. There's a lot to it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of people who have been going on about not enjoying it and this and that. And I think that's just because there's been a sort of recent dip or slump, you could say. It's been quite yeah. stagnant for a few weeks. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it really has been that stagnant or do you think it's just to be expected or there's been a lot of talk about it? Um, I think it's it's definitely been flat. It's been really flat since everything died down with the announcements. And I think there's various reasons for that. And it's stuff that other people have covered already. You know, it's I think traders are genuinely quite overstretched at this point. I, I certainly put in more money than I probably should have done at that point just to try and get the leverage of the bonuses um it's christmas people want to take money out they have to buy presents or they should at least try and buy presents rather than just keep it all in the platform i think (laughs) i think some of the spreads at the lower end particularly are probably impacting on people trading as much um it's i think it's it's this time of year i think people are holding back a bit but in January, I, I expect that money to come back in. And I think this, it's really interesting at the moment because although things are really flat and it doesn't feel like there's any momentum, when you look at the market, there's so much value. <laughs> it's quite hard to know, well, with that much value, what, who am I buying at this point? And at what point should I enter back in? If you're holding a bit of money back, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave it too close to January before buying back in if you can, if you can avoid it. Because you know certainly last year things really did shoot up in january and i think it will will happen again next year yeah that that the thing the value thing is killing me like there's a couple of players there who i just really 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 want to put loads of money into but i'm just waiting to kind of see when the bottom is and then i'm also trying to weigh up i have no more money to put in like you i'm a bit overstretched i've literally got every bean in the thing that i can have in it Mm. but it's it's hard to not, and I'm sure a lot of people are having this, where you kind of go, opportunity cost, this guy's going to fly up. I can definitely sell my holding in a bit, sir, because no one wants him now, but, but people are going to want this guy. Do you know, or like just justifying to yourself why you could definitely get away with selling him and buying him. But um, one, one who I want to run past, right? Now, this is going to come across as a massive pump. Do your own research, guys, like whatever. I'm, I'm, we talk about players in this podcast, you know this by now. Someone who I came across yesterday, and I was genuinely taken aback by the price, just as you mentioned, value in the market now. Tiago Alcantara. Yeah. Am I missing something? Tell me am I missing something. I'm going to whip him up here on index again and throw some stats at you, and you can tell me who who is he competing with in midfield that I'm missing. He hasn't won a dividend this year, Right. Yeah, I can't remember the last time he won a dividend. He hasn't won a dividend this season, but his top scores have been 336, probably with a UCL multiplier, I'd imagine, 259, 231, 225, 222. For the record, I hold one Tiago Alcantara share as we record at 217. Is he competing with someone in that midfield other than the kind of like, is Nabry classed as a midfielder or like these boys who one forward and get goals. I think everybody's classed as a midfielder on FI now. (laughs) Yeah. I think think that's part of the issue. (laughs) But like, I just don't understand how he can shoot those scores and not have 
won a dividend. I do understand because I know that like maybe average winning score might be a bit higher. He might have shot those on goal days. I get all that. But he's sitting at 217. In my head, the going rate for like a solid PB player in Europe without much media draw, your Parejos, your maybe Senseis, those type of guys, is sort of 275 to, to upwards in my head. I think the issue with him is he's, he's not he's not doing 90 minutes often enough. I think it's a sort of Joan Jordan thing again, isn't it? I know it's not that Joan Jordan, it, but I like to call him that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's you know if you're not if you're going to get hauled off by the manager, then I think that makes you really unattractive, especially when you're competing with Nabry and Kingsley Coman and um, Coutinho Goretzka. Is he classed as a midfielder as well? I think there's I'd a. Say he is. I think. I guess he is. I mean, I've held him before, but he's in my. Uh, my pit of doom now because every time I've held him he's not won anything and he's just decreased in value as well yeah so I don't know about you John but I have these players that I've made the mistake of going in on more than once and they've let me down too many times now and I just can't I just can't touch them anymore he's definitely there there are definitely a couple of players there Uh, who do I keep getting stung with I definitely got stung with Neymar once or twice um I, I do hold him again after ranting about three weeks ago on the podcast, I'll never hold him again. I fell for the trap again, and I am down on him. Not you, particularly much. Do you think but he's I think value he at rise. the moment? I think he's value. I think it goes back to that sentiment thing. I've seen enough people harp on about him hitting nine quid in the last two months that I feel once people have a bit of money in their bank account and once January rolls around and once it's rockets everywhere, any hint of an announcement of month or like weekly or monthly payouts for dividend winners or whatever i just think he will shoot up so it, mm. it, i do think he'd go higher i think he is at the top of the index i think he'll be there for a couple of years and i do think i'm not scared of a transfer because i think a transfer won't really harm him no um so yeah i just think he will hit nine or ten quid again it goes back to the whole opportunity cost type thing how long will i be waiting on that i think yeah. he's back from injury i don't think it's long before he wins pb and the minute you know the minute he shoots two hundred and eighty five and wins PB, he rockets up forty fifty p. Yeah, in my head anyway, he does. Yeah, because so. he's he's basically been frozen at that price point since the share split, because he's been injured. Yeah. There's been no action around him, so at some point you know he's going to hit a high score and people are going to pile back in. They they just will. And also, if you know when the transfer rumors start up again, there's the potential for some MB. I think yeah, I think he he is the top of the index, so it is a big big amount of money to sit around that could potentially go on some other smaller rises in the meantime but I think he's going to go he's he's going to fly he will and in my head he will in the next three or four months it's just the waiting game but very quickly back to my shameless pump of Tiago Alcantara I'm just looking at his minutes there you're exactly right because I hadn't actually delved in I seen his price added him to my list and index gain and said I'd go back and look and I didn't until we mentioned value there and I thought you know I'll talk about him He's been benched a bit and he gets 19 minutes here, 20 minutes there, yeah. 11 minutes there. Like in the last seven weeks, he's only actually played 90 minutes twice, which is kind of shocking. Does that mean, look, then I go thinking, does that show unhappiness and does that show potential transfer? Is he a little injury prone as well? Hasn't he had a few injury setbacks as well? Trying to think. He hasn't since July, but I don't remember <laughs> before then. I'm just looking on uh, flash scores just at his recent minutes and going involved. But anyway, yeah, I'm not going to buy in now. I'm not about having those players that 
make you feel sick and sit on the bench when you just want a PB winner. I, I think that's a really good example, though, of how difficult it is to create something to, to sort of produce a rational value of a player because you've got to look at the PB scores, the base score and also the peak scores. But then you've got to think about how many minutes and are they going to get hooked? You've got to think about their age, where they're playing, their nationality, how injury prone they are. I think, yeah, if someone could make some kind of matrix that produced a value score based on all of those factors, then they they make a fortune from the index. But I think it's very difficult. Yeah, the value in a player is, is, is rough. And there's so many things, there's so much data that you're picking up just by in passing watching matches, comments by commentators, something your mate says in the pub, something you read on a news site, something you read here, something someone says on Twitter. There's so many contributing factors as to why I would value someone as something and you'd value them different because it's all just opinion. Mm. Um, I'm sure... There is math somewhere for a fact as to what value a player should be, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know, is there? people have had a good crack at it. There was um, on Twitter. Did you see the post that PB Hunter did the other day, where he'd or she could be she put together um, a sort of spreadsheet where uh, they'd kind of attached a, a score to a player based on uh, their ability to compete for dividends. So that was quite an interesting one to see. Um, so if you've I didn't not see seen, it. yeah, if you've not seen that, I, I think I retweeted it. It's PB Hunter on Twitter, um, and that had Tony Cruz at the top. Unsurprisingly, uh, I'm sure Tiago was on there. Just have a look now. Number fifteen, unlucky. Uh, yeah, so I think people have had a go. I just think there's there's so many factors to consider. It's never going to be perfect, and because it's based on other the behaviour of other traders, and and people don't make perfect decisions, so it's. Yeah, yeah. I've just I've just looked it up. PB Hunter, you just got a new follower. Um, yeah. There's a class, there's a table there of what I can see forty three players anyway. Mm. Oh, it goes on. There's loads more, and that's yeah. Yeah, have a it's look. Bar- there's some bargains on there, I think. I'll have a look there after this. Um, thanks for pointing it out. Everyone, go and check out PB Hunter. Um, we we'll jump into some questions. We're probably about halfway there now. Um. Every time I say that, I think, "What's you? Know, Whoa, we're halfway living on a prayer." <laughs> always think of it. Always think of it. Um, let me see, Dan Jackknife, straight off the bat, he asked a load of questions. Thanks, Dan. I'm going to pick a couple because we literally have about forty questions. And here's something: you see, if you keep submitting questions, not Dan, anyone, if anyone keeps submitting questions, and you see if I keep skimming over you. I literally picked them at random, but if you've been shafted weeks in a row, let me know and I will ask your question because I'm really conscious that there's like someone who's like asked like three weeks in a row and they're like, this, this tool won't ask me questions. Um, I will. It just, just means me he know. doesn't like you. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it means you ask terrible questions. <laughs> um, okay. I picked two. So two MDJ. What does MDJ stand for? I'm guessing initials. That's correct. I'm not actually a DJ. <laughs> okay mel dj uh great well you don't have to give us your full name you'll get some weirdos um because you see now that this podcast sponsored it's kind of a big deal so absolutely you know, like me being a celebrity and all that i mean people will try and track you down if they get your real name um geez actually if you want, i might have to look into my personal security actually anyway um if i which player for each position Goalkeeper, defender, midfield forward, in your opinion, are good value now. Ooh, I'll just go grab my pump. That's that's difficult. Uh, 
So, ooh. Uh, what about the portfolio it, and look it, at ones that are tanking? I'm trying to, yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Well, actually, if I, I mean, I know he's just literally just one PB and Starman last night, but Depay, I think, is still really good value in the forward position. And I think there's so much value in forwards because they've got less competition anyway than the other the other categories. And I think if I was going to buy anyone right now that isn't in my portfolio as a forward, it would probably be Taram. I think he's looking really good and good value. I don't know what he is. He's, he's less than two quid and I think, yeah, he's showing real form. Um, midfield. Well, it's got to be James Ward-Prowse now. I've seen his price. <laughs> do, you think he's, do, you think, do you think he has a transfer in him? Yeah, I think so. And he's English. Uh, he can bend a free kick. I think set pieces are really important in the Matrix, as it is now. Um, yeah. And again, I know he won last night, but uh, I think Kostic as well, I think is he's good value in midfield. And he's in the portfolio, so I'll pump him up. Uh, def- yeah. Defenders is difficult because I don't tend to buy them generally yeah. and I think it's it's hard there's a lot of competition and there's you know three or four who who've got most of the dividends so if you if you if you want to win PB you're going to put your money on Trent or Kimmich um Luca Dini at Everton I think is interesting because he's surely not going to stay there he's got potential for a big transfer uh yeah do you know who my big one in defense is and it's not exactly under the radar He's the number four price defender, Ben Chilwell. Yeah. Yeah, but I has just, he just got lucky? Has he just got lucky with some scores there? Is, he might can have, he sustain it? He's, the thing with me, the thing for me with him is this. Whether or not he's lucky, he's won twice, right? And he does have those games where he gets four assists or something stupid, right? I get that. But, and I do hold this guy. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have this much faith in him. If I did, if I had this much faith in a player and didn't own them, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, why would I be playing football index? He has a big transfer in him. He's English. He has the euros. He's an attacking left winger. He takes some free kicks for Leicester. He, he ha he is a, has got an attacking threat. I just think like if people are gonna anchor on that Trent, I know he's not Trent, but if Trent's that expensive and he's the other side of the the English defense, mm. I think there'll be a bit of anchoring on there, and it should mm. pull Chilwell up a quid. I could be wrong, but if he goes to Chelsea, City, or United, or someone, the media—I don't know. What, I like what is he now? What is he priced? Chilwell. Two eighty-five. Now, whether mm. or not there's particular value in that, I already bought all mine, so I don't care. I'm not buying more, but I'm still very. Would I buy more? I would maybe buy more if he dropped another ten or fifteen p. I don't know. Look into him. I'm not just telling you to blindly buy him. I don't. I'm really not telling anyone to buy him. I just think he's one of my holes that I'm quite excited for. I think he's just going to explode someday. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not sure people realise how young he is, actually, because to me it feels like he's been around for longer than that. And I think, obviously, English, Euros. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. choice. Um, well, he, I don't know if he's the most value, um, as Dan's asked, but in terms of defenders, he's the one that I, I hold the most of. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm pumping him. It's not really. I'm not actually pumping him. He's he's the only real defender I have any sort of stock in. I don't I don't hold any other defenders off the top of my head. They're just not as exciting, are they? They just haven't. No. They're just yeah. I, str- I struggle with defenders. 
I just, yeah, Leicester are really good defensively this season. They have a bunch of good fixtures coming up, and he has an attacking threat, so I'm just hoping he wins PB soon. Mm. I hope he wins it like today or tomorrow. I don't know when they're playing before this goes out. Then I'll look like a hero. Yeah, look like you got your crystal um, ball. I know, but yeah, no, honestly, I'm, I'm really not telling you all to go and buy Ben Chilwell, but go and buy Ben Chilwell. Um, Zen, the art of the football index. In the next two years on football index, do you expect to make more or less money than you've made in the last two? Or to put it another way, are the very best days of the index ahead of us or in the past? It's a loaded question, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, oh, that's hard. I, I, so many variables. <laughs> I, think, um, I think there's the potential that we could all make more than we've made in the last two years. But I can also see a good reason why that wouldn't happen. I think as things will tighten up and I think as as the platform gets bigger and there's more users every time additional users join the platform that money's just a bit more spread out uh I don't know that we'll see some of the astronomical rises that we've seen in the past and obviously the share split slown some of that down as well yeah uh but then I don't know, perhaps if you've been on the platform a bit longer, that gives you a bit of an edge because you understand the trends more. I'm not really answering this question at all. Well, I'd, you I think, are, no, you're, I think, you're, you're thinking I, out loud. I think what I'd say is I would hope to make more money, but I don't expect to. I, I, I think it will get a little bit tougher, but I don't think that's necessarily unexpected. Um, uh, I don't think, you know, we, we don't want to be unrealistic about this. It's been it's been an absolute cash cow. Is it going to continue like that forever? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's definitely not. And I think those people who are here because they think it's just easy money and they don't have to do anything for it, they're all going to leave. And what I find interesting is when will that point come? And when that point comes, will it just be across all like sort of social media platforms? People saying, I'm buying out, this is too tough, or I'm buying out, this is dead, or this platform's over, or... Because I can see myself doing this for a long time, and I think even in a challenging climate or when we reach market cap, I could still see myself trying to trade them, trade like dips and find find value. Um, yeah, it all depends know. on the time that you have to put into it, I think. I mean, I, I've got a full-time job, a busy life, so I put a certain amount of research into it, but nowhere near as much as other people do. And if, if the returns really diminished, I'd have to think about... Well, you know, if especially if you weren't able to hold people in the long term because the, you couldn't guarantee their value, I think I'd have yeah. to think about it. Um, but I think we've got a long way to go yet. I think it's going to be another really good year. I think what's re- I think what's happened in the last year is FI have massively built their brand awareness, and that may not have completely converted to users on the platform. But I think it's the first step. I think people have to know that football index is a thing. They have to feel that it's not a scam. It's a legitimate product to have that recognition of the name and the product. And then next year, I think that will convert to people actually joining and putting money in. And I think that's what we'll see. So I feel positive about next year. And that's my cat meowing, by the way, if you keep hearing (laughs) a funny noise. He agrees. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love cats. My uh, my parents have a cat. They've always had cats, and my sister would be very affectionate with them. So this is me digressing of the highest order. Anyway, guys, let's talk about cats for a minute. 
a lot of people are like dog or cat people and i have a dog and i love him to pieces like i would i honestly would kill 90 percent of the guests that have been on here instead of killing that dog <laughs> not email <laughs> but i love cats too my parents have a cat and as i said my sister was really affectionate with the cat the whole time and the cat just loves cuddles it's like a dog cat yeah yeah that's what this um, one's like yeah i think a lot of people just think of cats as like things that meow and scratch at you and run away out outside the back door of people's houses you know yeah they just don't get it cats cats just want to love you most of them i've got another cat and he's just got a resting bitch face he's not into being cuddled at all (laughs) but this one does just use the cat flap (laughs) (laughs) i actually need like a cat flap from a dog he's got no i'm not going into this he's a weird obsession with the back door but we'll not get into that (laughs) we'll move on um something i was going to touch on there Uh, more or less money of me in the last two put it away very end there was something you touched on yes Moving up prices, I wanted to ask you about that. Did you? I don't know. Did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode? Yes. The Delta type thing that Vespasian was talking about. I think I got lost at that point. Yeah. Because <laughs> when but you said, so, did you it, listen? It I was thinking, what's that going to be? Yeah. No, it blew my mind. Like, he was talking about how, like, it isn't just 900 shares to move a price across the board. You know, and, and I don't, I mean, obviously they've done some research into this, so they've seen that that works. And I think there were suspicions for a while that it was 600 at some yeah. price points. But whether it's, it's so, 600 it's, or 900, it's it's still more than 300 was. So I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, in terms of what you were saying, it doesn't make a difference. Just as a separate talking point, I think. It's something not really talked about on Twitter anyway. Uh, on the on the forum, they obviously are all over it, and maybe I don't know about Facebook or Slack, but um, on Twitter, I haven't really seen anyone mentioning it. Um, but I it, it makes a big difference in like in like players' prices spiking and booming and mm. like if 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 let's say I don't know the exact price points, but let's say up to a quid, it took. 900 to move it and after a quid it took 600 that mm. would mean once you hit um once you hit a quid you'd rise 50 percent quicker does that make sense yeah i think that makes sense yeah so that would mean that a player could just kind of trickle up towards a quid and then people realize them and he just booms i don't know yeah and then, then you could have, have a, expected you could have a rule then couldn't you that you only bought players over i don't know say one pound 20 because you know that they'd rise quicker <laughs> yeah <laughs> be interesting I don't know, I don't know. Um, but I just thought that was very interesting, something worth a bit of bit of thought. I, I think um, what it shows is that FI are really concerned about the platform having enough volatility to create enough excitement around it. Still, they don't, you know, FI don't want things to be slow for too long, and they've demonstrated that in the past by throwing in giveaways and deposit bonuses and other things to artificially move the market and if they're doing this then that is in a sense artificial as well um but it you know i think everybody worries a bit about the sustainability of that and you know as, as much as everybody wants a deposit bonus we do worry about them because it means people pull the money out in anticipation and it's not it doesn't create a real trading environment. So I'd like next year to be much more heavy on the marketing spend and much less on the deposit bonuses for at least a little while. Just let things settle. Yeah. We go on to FI Jack's question. He says, have you considered a career voicing audiobooks or as a newsreader? Your section on the beginner's pod was very easy on the ears. Um, <laughs> serious question. <laughs> Structuring your port with rigid rules made researching players clearer and simpler or more frustrating and limiting 
Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for the comments about my voice. Uh, I'll, I'll think about that as my next career. <laughs> I did do it. I did do a stint actually as a radio DJ on a very obscure radio station in Manchester for about uh, eight weeks, but that, that's the extent of it. Um, I think, uh, I think I do wonder about the rigidity of it. It is certainly structuring it this way is not something I would recommend to any other trader. Um, but it stretched me. It's forced me to research players that I might not have looked at otherwise. So, um, I think it's been a good thing for me. As I said, I really set this up as a bit of a, a learning tool for myself. And if other people get something from it, then that's good. Um, but I think you can, I think on this platform you, you you can never I think being too rigid is never a good thing because the train trends do change so quickly and you have to be able to respond to that and I think it's a mistake that a lot of traders make is that they think well I'm just going to buy PB players or I'm just going to buy midfielders um, and the trends change and then you're kind of stuck holding the players that nobody wants so I think yeah flexibility is the key it is I agree um we move on to a question or two from Slack. I'm trying to rattle through questions here. I always end up going off rambling, and I always say the same things every week because I talk about football index every week. So I'm going to try and let you talk a bit more. Um, let me see. Slack. Nick has asked, question one, is there any point in posting questions in here as you always forget? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. You've made me remember, like purposely remember to include Slack this week. I'm sorry for the past. I always just post it there. And then realize, <laughs> I, I, I always forget. I'm sorry. I won't forget again. <laughs> what do you like most? This is the second question. What do you like most about each product? And what could FI learn from each product to make FI better? I assume he's talking about sports stack and food stock. Uh, I think, what do I like most? I think food stock, for me, that product is uh, probably the most comfortable one to jump into straight away because it feels very familiar it's a it's very similar to any other kind of fpl or uh, daily fantasy sports platform so it's something that yeah when you're on it it feels it feels like a, a a comfortable platform and one that's quite fun i think it's the fun element on that one um i think with sports stack at the moment it's probably just the attraction of something that feels quite new um and also that it's boundaries very much around each match um so you kind of know when you've got the potential to win or lose and it and it and it stops there but fi yeah. fi is always you know it's always head and shoulders above the rest and because it is it's a long-term platform um and it and i think it does suit you whether you've got a very busy life or whether you've got the time to do short-term trading I think it's got something for everybody. But the thing that there's a common thread between all three of them, actually, which is around the community. So there's a big community that's built up around all of them, even sports stack already, even though it's so new, there's already a Slack channel, quite a lot happening on social media. Um, and I think that helps to make the product sticky. Yeah, I think, yeah, communities are really, really important for these products. I think um, sports stack. I wish I could comment on it, but you can't get it in Ireland yet. Which <laughs> I'm gutted about. It's the Irish curse um, again. Um, yeah, I asked. I asked Nick, the the CEO, and he said that the license or something has been applied for, so it's just a waiting game now. So, and that, was there a bit of the question that was about what what they can learn from each other, or what FI can learn from them? Yeah, the what could FI learn from the other products to make FI better? Um, I think. 
I think the thing with Sportstack, when that came on, everybody was quite impressed initially with the look of the app and it felt very slick. Um, and I, mean, I think since people have started using it, maybe that's not so much the uh, the feeling now. But I think there's something about the tech side of things for that that perhaps FI could learn from. I think FI build an awful lot into their app and their website and sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming. I think Sportstack is a bit more stripped down. Um, and I think with both of the platforms, the developers are very responsive. Um, and that's always been a bit of an issue, I think, with FI is that you ask them questions and it takes quite a long time to get a response or for things to change. So I think that's difficult because they're a much bigger company. There's so many more users. I think F Footstock and Sportstack can be a bit more nimble because they're, you know, they're so much smaller at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I my recent dealings with FI were, I think I was on them for, what did I even ask them about? Was it about giveaways and Irish? Uh, I've wrote, to, I've asked them about that, I think, but I never really got an answer, to be honest with you. It was just licenses, and that's not what I'm asking. I understand you, your hands are tied in regards to doing the same thing here. I'm not asking that. I'm just saying that, like, there has to be something you can do. Whether it's giving away a few t-shirts or something. I don't know. I just think if you're like... Can you imagine... If the, if they open up in, say, Italy. And FI build up a whole big announcement. And then the massive announcement is released. And everyone's all excited. And it's this massive giveaway for the month of December. And, oh, it's just GB. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Italians. It's the same thing. It's like... Oh, sorry, you know, Irish, Ireland, and uh, Northern Ireland are excluded. It's like, lads, I get your hands are tied. There has to be something you can do to sweeten this deal. There has to be something you can do for these territories. Anyway, I'm not going to waste more air on it, but it's it's just the lack of um, acknowledgement of it or, or response on that that kind of annoyed me a bit. I took, and then even asking them to come on the podcast. Yeah. I love Football Index, the product. I asked them to come on the podcast via, um, via Twitter, didn't get a response mm. emailed directly got told by a guy cooper hello cooper he was a nice guy but he told me i'd get a response within a few days a week later i sent a follow-up email he replied to me a couple of days later waited another week and then asked him again and he said oh yeah asked them they're all too busy with um outside commitments and I'm like, that's fine look do you know what it is i'm not entitled then i'm only a small podcast that's just started that's fine it just would have been nice to have a bit more of a sincere kind of, I don't know, some sort of a, a response mm. or for, for I suppose, like, without trying to sound too, I don't know, I don't even know the word, but like for the effort I put in for their platform and creating content on it, I mean, a nice little response wouldn't have gone amiss. But anyway, enough about that. I do think they could be more responsive is kind of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're a lot yeah. bigger than the other two, but they're, you know, sometimes it's just really simple stuff. If someone tags them on Twitter in a question and they don't respond, that just feels like a missed opportunity to me. Even if they just say, oh, well, our hands are tied at the moment. We can't do anything. Just a really quick response. Sometimes their social media just feels like it's all been planned out several days in advance and anything that comes in in between, they can't, they can't react to. But perhaps that is just a, a, a you know, a side effect of them growing, scaling up. Yeah. Uh, whereas the other two but, are just tiny. They're just tiny operations at the moment. But surely they can, like, I don't get why FI can't 
or maybe they do, they can just employ like a strategic marketer to sit, who literally for eight hours a day, his job is to sit on Twitter and Facebook or whatever and interact. Yeah. And people do that. Yeah, I mean, well, that that's one of the reasons why I spent quite a bit of time just going through Twitter and responding to people who were thinking of joining the platform or just joined the platform to give them a bit of helpful advice, you know, follow these people, do this, don't do that. Because, you know, they're, they're just starting out and they need something to help them stay. And it could be FI doing that as well. That could be someone sat on their social media just scrolling and then saying, oh, welcome to the platform. Here's our academy. Uh, these are some tips. You know, there's no reason that they couldn't do that. Yeah. Um. Well, look, we'll see. Maybe they're listening. Maybe they'll take our advice. We move on to a question from the forum. It's a long enough one, so try and stay switched on here now, Mel. <laughs> um, the Barbarian Brawler says, nice name, the market is going through a difficult time at the minute. A lot of traders seem to be repeating the same thing that their port is crashing. Most of us are okay with this, knowing that January will be a massive month. Historically, January has been very successful for FI and the planned marketing is a huge positive for all traders. If we look at the above, a bit more glass half empty approach, a little more pessimistic. January is flat. Traders don't see a market lift and more money is being lost. Where does FI go from here? Do we keep saying the next month will be the big one? Do traders start to pull out further, uh, deflating the market? Have we potentially arrived at market peak and it's a slow stagnation over the next few months, especially with new shiny toys, sports stack, footstock being released to the market and then noted at the bottom. I'm not trying to cause panic or relay any fears, just genuinely would like to hear an experienced view on if the current amazing incredible we cannot fail it's rockets 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 marketing pushing doesn't have the desired results yeah i think like i said i'm i'm really confident that january is going to be a good one um i do think there's a tendency for fi themselves and for the community to overhype things so i can see where this comes from that we might convince ourselves January is going to be 12, 15, 20 rockets, and then it only turns out to be a six rocket month. Um, yeah. Because I don't think it, I don't think it will necessarily be the same as last year. Last year was very different. Try January brought in so many new users, but we also had the share splits so people were piling money in for that. And that won't be the case this year. And it's, you know, there's more users. So as I said, any more money coming in is a bit more diluted. And we know that, that will affect the prices moving more slowly, I think. But it will, I still think it will be a good one. And I think, you know, Footstock's been around a while now. When did that start? April, May. Um, I don't think that's had any impact on FI at all. I don't really see it as a competitor. And I think Sports Stack is a very shiny new toy at the moment, but already people are grumbling about certain aspects of it. And I think that it's not anywhere near a serious competitor for FI right now. I think it could be in the future. I think it, it's got the potential to do that. And the way that the, the sports stack developers are talking about the product, they're already talking about season long markets. They're already talking about moving into other sports, which is an ambition um, that Adam Cole's talked about. So I can see that there's some positioning going on to try and target a similar market, but at the moment they're very different products. Um, and I can't see people leaving Football Index to join either of those. Yeah. Um, I think, as I said, if FI feel that the market's stagnant for too long, I think they'll intervene. At the moment, they're still trying to grow things, and I don't think they ever hesitate to, 
to chuck in a bonus if they think they need to get the market moving. But I really hope that that doesn't need to happen. And things will be changing as we come towards the end of the season. So the um, the fixture schedule is going to be much more congested. We're going to have the Champions League, Europa League, final stages, more gold days, more dividends coming in, which will hopefully be reinvested as well. And the potential to make 5 10 15% in one night on a player due, just due to the dividends, I think, is enough to hopefully give the market a bit of a rocket. Because I think prices are really suppressed at the moment. There is a lot of value there. And then yeah. with the Euros as well. As soon as we move into the new year, people are going to start positioning themselves for the Euros. And I'm sure that FI are going to do a really big marketing push around that. I think that's their opportunity to to almost go mainstream. Yeah, that'll be the next one, won't it? Hmm. The Euros after the, the whole, well, this, I'd say. Hmm. I don't know if they'll do something around March or April, but I assume that'll tie in with the Euros. Yeah. yeah, they have to because they want to just keep, it's all about momentum. They have to just try and keep the momentum of the product moving um towards the summer and i know it's hard when things are flat and we get frustrated and and you see people worrying on social media and on slack because you know my port's dropping i've not had a positive day in ages but it's a market and you've got to be able to take the down days as well as the ones where you're rising i think it's unrealistic to expect it to be continuously rising it's not you know that's not a true reflection of what's happening. So I think we've all got to be a bit stronger because if we're posting our concerns, that can start to drag the market down as well. Um, so I think we've all got to hold our nerve a little bit and do yeah. as much as we can as a community to to ensure that new users stick with the product. So giving them good advice, not pumping and dumping players <laughs> Just, just pointing them in the right direction and trying to, to be a welcoming community, I think yeah. it's important. Yeah. Well, if you're a first-time listener, do you know what, actually? I've got a massive, massive, like, ginormous spike in plays in the last week. This is a bit off-topic, but it is on-topic when you're speaking to beginners. There's a high chance of some new listeners because, I mean, the plays went, like, through the roof last month, last week, and even this week already before it... Like, I haven't even released a podcast since Monday. It's already kind of what it would have been before. So I think I must have got a little new listeners somewhere. We do talk about players in this podcast. I'll openly chat away and we have a bit of crack about pumping them. But like ultimately, you need to realize we'll pump every player under the sun on this podcast. Mm. Different guests will pump different people. It'll all even out eventually. But do do your own kind of research on it. Don't just buy anyone because I've said it. Um, I have my own biases, my own flaws, and I've made a lot of terrible trades. Um, but it's not going to stop us from talking about players. Um, we move on. Um, Vespasian, last week's guest, on the forum asked, "As a veteran, have you been a member of the forum before, and would you consider it again?" I seen you joined or rejoined or something yeah. there. Yeah, uh, I thought I better join as you were posting questions on there and people were talking about me. I do you know what? I, this is going to make me sound like such an idiot. I didn't really know how to do it. <laughs> Because yeah. I tried to go on the forum on um, on my laptop, and it asked for a password. It asked me to log in, but it wasn't. It didn't seem to accept my fi username and password. So I thought, have I got to register separately for the forum? So then I just basically couldn't be asked. And then 
now someone told me that you can get the forum directly through the app and you can just click through. So that's what I did now <laughs> to rejoin. Can you do it in your phone? You can just click. Yeah, see, you didn't know this either. So here's a tip no. for you. So if you go on the app, it's so hidden, you would never know. And I don't know why they do this. So under account, there's um, bottom, well, certainly on the iPhone, bottom left is help rules and policies. And if you click on that, and then it takes you through to another page and bottom right is forum. So you can just click straight oh through my. and you don't have to log in. So when I discovered this, I thought I should join, but I didn't know that it joined Jeez. me as new user eight to whatever. So I've changed my name now. It, it's not very, I think what I'm trying to say is it's not very straightforward, <laughs> but I have lurked no. a bit in the past. I've read, I've read the threads. I just did I genuinely didn't really know how to post. So there you go. Yeah. Confession. There's, there you go, because like I, I've only I didn't know you could do it through. I didn't even know there was an app, I, or like you could do it through the app. I've only ever went onto the forum through signing into Football Index on my laptop, and then from clicking on forum because it's one of their big prominent buttons on the left hand side. Mm. I don't know if that's changed with the new website, but um, that's how I was signing in. I didn't know you could do it through the app, and I keep me I kept meaning to ask people, but anyway, yeah, yeah maybe more people will just have a wee. Have we sconce at it now? Knowing they can do it through the help policies, but on the the app, yeah. Um, how fluid is MDJ in terms of strategy? Consistently, consistent yearly holds or move between trends, i.e., January transfers, March, April Champions League, Summer Euros, and has this changed over time based on experience? Um, I think I'm fairly fluid now. I don't tend to be too much of a short-term trader because I just don't have the time to stay on top of things. So I tend to hold players for probably a minimum of two or three months on average, but often quite longer than that. I think my cat just fell off the table. Uh, (laughs) um, So I'm pretty fluid. uh, And it, it really does depend on what time I've got. So I had a little bit of time in late September I think it was early October to do a bit of research um so I identified some players that I thought would do well in the Euro qualifiers so I bought those in specifically for that um and sold them at the end of it uh so I followed a process there which was interesting because one of them was Wijnaldum and I'd got him queued up to sell in the last Netherlands match where he ended up hitting a hat-trick and winning Starman and PB. So, oh, no. You know, and you think, I'm, I'm, no, I'm doing this right, but that wasn't the outcome that I wanted, but I sold him anyway. Yeah. Uh, and I'll change the port around a bit again in the new year. At the moment, I'm really focusing on players that have got the most opportunity to compete for gold days and silver days. Um, so it is really around how many it's, it's got to be around fixtures how many champions league europa league games they're likely to last for so i've binned off a few players that are looking to be going out i'm trying to avoid transfers as much as possible because i just think it's risky um i think there's as much downside as upside on transfer trading you've got to be really on it you do i was kind of like debating it and i'd kind of bought a few and i was getting excited for it and then I realised just how crazy it was whenever Bruno Fernandes signed a, a new contract and his price plummeted. Um, yeah, a few people got stung with that. But if you if you look at where the price rises are at the moment, it's definitely already turning towards transfers. So, I mean, 
who's top of the list at the moment. Chaloff in the squad list, Zaha in the main list. So that's not based on any performances. The traders are already turning their mind to transfers. And I think that's the risk. If you don't get in early enough, then you tend to end up buying at peak. And as soon as the rumour dissipates, you're left holding the baby. Yeah, yeah. I just I just don't really want to play something that volatile because it is crazy transfer trading. And look, if you don't have the time, it can be pretty tough. And I don't have the time, so I'm not going to do it. But I've no doubt a lot of people make a lot of money off it. I mean, the one that I've or if you've the one that I've got and the one that I'm holding is Sancho. I think he's yeah, no brainer at the moment. I think big things ahead for him and plenty of MB along the way. Yeah, he, he yeah. There's even now, or even in the last few weeks, links to the Premiership have been starting. Mm. Um, so I think yeah, January will be big, but the summer's going to be Sancho's summer. I would say. I said that a few times before. <laughs> Eric Ali asks. Does she feel dividends or capital appreciation return the bigger profit margins? Uh, I think capital appreciation returns the bigger profit margins, but it's so closely tied to PB most of the time that I don't think you can separate the two um, very easily. And you can sit on a player who's got no chance of winning PB for, for weeks or months before they catch any sort of rise. So I think it's it can be quite difficult to chase capital appreciation if you're not tying it into someone's potential to win dividends and at the end of the day dividends go straight into your account you can withdraw that that's real cash you don't have to then try and sell the player um who then might possibly drop before you can realize all of that profit so and and dividends are the thing that make football index the the product that it is without that it would just be some kind of really weird ponzi scheme so i think they've been un appreciated for a while and even since the rise actually since the dividend increase i i think there's still there's still not the the potential of dividends is not being fully appreciated yet yeah i think in terms of profit margins i mean there's only so many dividends a player can win but if you jump between different players you can almost win an infinite amount of capital appreciation mm. so in terms of larger profit margins i've no doubt if you only had to trade based on one which isn't really ever going to happen or be a thing but capital appreciation is probably where more money is if you were flipping players and yeah. jumping about but dividends is maybe a more steady stream um i don't know it's a weird one i i kind of hunt both I, I'm, I'm all about pb at the minute actually so i really just hunt dividends but i i'm hoping there's capital appreciation there with the increase to the dividends i think that the difficulty with dividends is always that it is a bit of a lottery whether you win any or not there's obviously the players that you know are going to pull in some dividend returns over the year but then with the game winning goal element meaning that someone could win or lose the you know, in the last seconds. And there's just, you know, over 3,000 players and only a handful are going to win dividends in any week. I think that that's that's the issue and that's why people play for capital appreciation. Yeah. Um, very good. Well, look, I'm actually going to have to go very shortly, but we'll ask maybe one or two more quickly. Um, I'll just go through a few of the names that submitted questions to thank them that we're not going to get to. So Tom Mitchum, David Peters, Alpha Stack, Football Index, TSL. Thank you um we're just at the end of my list here on the forum i think um black wolf didn't get his ass janner 73 didn't westy didn't get his ass 
Um, but thank you, everyone. There's a couple of others there that have flown over. I think we probably touched on a lot of your questions anyway. Um, and again, if I am ignoring you week, every week, let me know. I'm not doing it on purpose. <laughs> Footstock Chat has asked, just to wrap it up, uh, what do you consider to be the best three things about Footstock? Did you enjoy doing the recent Footstock Meet the Manager article? And who would you like to see do the next one? Uh, best three things. I think Footstock makes match days exciting. Um, you can end up being quite glued to the the app, watching the scores come in and seeing, you know, keep checking, see whether you're going to move to the top on the tournament. It's the tournaments I really like. Um, yeah. I think, as I've said, the developers are really responsive. You can talk to them directly. I had a query about a withdrawal, so I messaged them on the Slack channel and got a response straight away. So that just felt really personable. Um, and I think, they've put a lot of money in with the free rolls. I think it, they're quite generous with that. And if I could give a fourth one as well, I think order books, the way that they've implemented order books there, when they work, they work really well. Um, and I think if you're an FI trader and you want to get a feel for how order books might work on FI in the future, it'd be a good idea to look at Footstock and look at Sportstack because they're two very different models of an order book. And it, it's a bit of a chance to try it out and get a feel for it before it's implemented on FI. Um, yeah, and I did the meet the manager. I was going to suggest you, but I think you've done one. Uh, I did, yeah. It's a guy called. And to be honest with you, I hadn't really been on for stock too long when I did. Um, I'm hoping maybe in a few months I'll have a bit more to say if I was ever asked to do it again. If I was going to suggest someone, it'd either be Gertie or Foodstock. I think would be good for meet the manager. So ask them. There you go, Footstock, Chad, you have your answer. Um, And just quickly on Footstock, I'd say some people might skip intros because that's what people do. On the intro you might have listened to, you won't have mail. Um, You'll have heard that Footstock now sponsor the podcast. So, yeah, that's amazing. Mm. I'm really happy for that. And if you're going to join, I'll have a, a link below. Go for it. I feel, do you know what? Never in my life, honestly, for years that I think I'd be one of those guys, you know, those influencers or those people who are like, use my code on sign up. I really never thought I hated those guys. I never thought I'd be that guy. But really, if you're going to give Footstock a go, use the link in the description. And um, yeah, they're sponsors of the show. So woohoo. It's a good time to join. Um, it's the 10k free roll at the moment. That's where all my focus is at the moment. I want to win that. I want to win someone. Have that. you have you many teams entered? I think I've got six, but I focused on putting the best players that I could into those. So I'm not going to be doing a lot of tournaments otherwise this year because I'm just focused on that. Yeah. You see, I only submitted one and I was sitting in like seventh place for like two or three weeks. Oof. Great start. But I messed up with my defender choices and I think it's going to cost me. But I might enter more. I was just, I just was kind of really struggling to weigh up the balance of having great players for tourneys and having. Yeah. A good strong entry in that. Yeah, I've um, just gone all out. I want this. <laughs> I'm coming for yeah. you. Yeah, I might. I might enter a couple more. I might enter a couple more. In fact, I will enter a couple more. Um, and the sooner the better, obviously, mm-hmm. to increase my chances. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's all we have time for. Okay. Have you anything else you'd like to say or talk about? Uh, no. I think I should let you go. I think I should let you go. Thank Great, you. I do. I've, I've, unfortunately, I have a dog that is looking at me and he wants to go and get walked and I have things to do. But um, if people want to find you, I know it's football underscore MDJ on Twitter and footballmdj.blog is where they'll find your blog. Is there anywhere else you'd like to be found? Uh, no, I don't want to be found. <laughs> good. <laughs> that all sounds good. That's I'm on great. Slack as well. I'm on the Slack channel, Slack. MDJ. Great. All right. Well, look, um, MDJ, Mel, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and uh, go and have a great weekend. Thank you. Cheers, John. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye.